I'm Tony Lockwood, founder of Thompson Wright Partners, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the latest episode of Inside Track, where I discuss business transformation journeys with leading figures in industry. After a short break, I'm delighted to be back and equally delighted to be joined by Theodore Isaacs, or Teddy to his friends. I'll let him introduce himself, so let me bring him onto the call right now. Welcome, Theodore. Great to, that you've been able to join us today. Uh, we've known each other now for probably 18 months or so, and I've, I've always felt that you'd be a great guest to get onto the podcast, so I'm grateful that you've joined us today. Um, you're always very considered and thoughtful, uh, and I find that you tend to really focus upon the key points really quickly. Uh, but before we get into the detail of, of why I wanted you on, um, you know, do you want to just give everyone a, a quick introduction to, to yourself and uh, what you've done in your career to date and, and how you first got into change and transformation? Yes. Uh, so I'm a, um, I specialise in change and transformation leadership and delivery, uh, focusing on portfolio programme project management, uh, working with clients to take their strategic objectives, define the uh, once was now change, now transformation uh, blueprints, aligning business objectives, and then working through the myriad of initiatives via portfolio management to understand which are the best ones, and then to arrange and kick off the programs to deliver those, uh, change, deliver those changes and as benefits. Uh, began my consulting career uh, at PwC, my experience is born from PwC, and other companies such as HSBC, um, Deloitte, uh, Deutsche Bank, and uh, most recently, Allegis Group. Right. And now, of course, I'm now at, I'm at, at Deloitte as head of the transformation office. And the idea is to make sure that uh, all of my work realizes um, those benefits. So either improving operational efficiency, driving down costs, or improving um, revenue, and most importantly, improving growth. Yeah. Interesting. And, and you're obviously working with some very large global organisations there. It'd be interesting to, to get your, your, the answer to my next question, which is the first question that we ask everyone um, who comes onto, the, uh, onto this podcast. How do you define transformation? <laughs> I have that discussion every single day, even the managing partners of one of the um, big four. So I define transformation as taking an organization from state A to state B, and that's obvious. But within that is trying to understand those change activities and the operational capabilities, those operational things that are required to be in place to go from state A to state B. And therefore, make sure that the, uh, the strategic objectives, the ambitions, for this transformation makes sense and are online and can be achieved. So in, in essence, making sure that the firm can get to, from one state to another, that's that, that's a, that new state, the target operating model, the strategy is clearly defined and communicated. So that's me is transformation. Okay, okay, great. And what do you feel are the main stumbling blocks that you come across when you go, when you try to take people from state A to state B, actually, I, I, it may sound uh, prepared. But I, had, I had a conversation about two hours ago. So the first thing, and this is what I had discussed in the meeting, and they smiled, was to explain the firm's objectives. Mm -hmm. 
communicate the objectives, communicate the strategy, and lead the strategy. If those three, and those are the stumbling blocks, and yeah. those three things are, are, are taken on board, then along, depending upon the maturity of, um, for, of finance management, um, portfolio management, program management, project management, depending upon the, the maturity of those um, very important, but let's put now level two requirements, then the transformation journey and momentum uh, uh, can start and be maintained. Yeah, I think leadership is so critical, isn't it? Of, of being able to clearly have that North Star, that vision of where you're trying to go to and stick to it. Um, be quite relaxed about how you get there, but be crystal clear about where you're trying to get to is, is, is a critical element. Well, um, I would say almost. Having um, done large transformations, uh, both global HSBC and now at Deloitte, the leadership is not really about understanding the target state, where you're going to go to, the state B. Yeah. Leadership is about motivating your, your C-suite, your, 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 your managing partner, managing director, um, peers, to understand what is required to make the change work. Because mm -hmm. in these large-scale um, organizations, even if there's a CEO, there isn't always a first amongst equals. Mm -hmm. Transformation isn't seen as the only thing that's happening in a business. So although the objectives or the ambitions are defined by a CEO and they're approved by the board and by stakeholders, leadership is more about making sure that you can herd the cats mm -hmm. and make sure that the cats, um, those senior people in the big chairs, don't lose faith or get tired of that transformation journey. And that tiredness we call change fatigue, but I have now coined a term, which is also that administration fatigue. Right. They all know they have to do the administration because they have to report on what's going on. Yeah. But the level of reporting to show that you're on course to deliver transformation, that is where you get that fatigue. You then get that, that the, um, losing sight of the ball, the bouncing ball, and leadership has to make sure that everyone can see a, how they've agreed to get there and where they are and what is required to do it. And that, 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 that is the tiring part of leadership. Yeah. You've got to have a clear understanding of what are the transformation activities that must take place and make sure that you can get your colleagues to agree to them and maintain the activities as well as doing their J job. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that fatigue uh, is, is, is a critical element in lots of transformations, isn't it? it it's yes. Keeping the momentum. Precisely. Uh, it's, not, it's not easy, uh, especially on multiple-year transformation programmes. So what, what, are the, what are the key lessons that you've learned over your career about maintaining that momentum? What, what, are, the, what are the key things that you try to uh, ensure that you can implement within programmes that you're leading? Good question. The main thing is about two, rather, to main, uh, maintain the momentum are things we've been um, drilled into us from day one. You've got to communicate those um, quick wins yeah. and, and even those short quick wins so people can clearly see that progress is being made. Secondly, once again on communication, you've got to continually inform the firm, uh, also the board of the directors, yeah. uh, what exactly is happening 
within all of the transformation programs so that they have a clear um, view every week of what is going on so that they can see that if there's any um, delay or downtime in their departments or in their teams or in their sub-companies, these are the effects on other programs, in other words, interdependencies, and that is going to impact the, the momentum by way of um, some programs not delivering on time, some change requirements being diluted, and some... Uh, um, resources that are required uh, have to be shared otherwise once again you're going to lose the, you're going to lose the ability to deliver the programs now in addition to the communication regular communication it also has to be um, to repeat the strategy mm-hmm. so the strategy the strategy has to be based upon understanding those operational things capabilities that are required to realize those um, those ambitions objectives if you don't continue repeating those, uh, I, I repeat them in my meetings to the managing partners every every two weeks. Yeah. Then it's taken for granted by managing partners, and they don't they don't often cascade it to their teams, mm-hmm. and so their teams will go ahead and do their own thing because, of course, they have they have experience in doing transformation for twenty years. Mm-hmm. They haven't been told about interdependencies, and they go ahead and create those ivory towers, and then. You have a wonderful collection of change programs that may or may not have realized the benefits, yeah. usually, usually not all of the benefits, but has a, has a firm transformed from one state to another? No. Yeah. The transformation failure change success. And then lastly, it's making sure that you have a, a mechanism with which you can clearly help the decision makers determine whether any of their new transformation ideas are currently in place. And if they're not, are there any similar ones? This might sound obvious, you could call it old school business requirements analysis, but senior people will have their pet projects, so back to program project management. They'll launch an initiative, depending upon their stakeholder value, they'll get the budget, and then they'll try and argue the case that uh, this is important, it's operational, but we can tweak it so it's transformational. And then you then get the loss of that momentum, you get the confusion between dependencies, and then the actual budget, where, where it's millions and multi-millions, then gets lost and moves to other areas. So those are the main aspects of transformation that you've got to manage, lead, and communicate, and hurdles you've got to overcome. And the only message is lead and communicate. As long, depending upon, as I said before, the maturity of your teams or your third parties involved in that communication journey. Yeah, I think it was in, in, interesting that one of the first things you raised there was was maintaining visibility of yeah. uh, and, and all too often that doesn't happen in my in my experience. You know, at, at lower levels within organisations, it, it's almost seen to be a failure if you miss a deadline or you miss a milestone or you don't do something. And, and they try to hide it. And it always comes out at some stage in the future when it's a much bigger issue. Um, so so how do you, how, you know, what type of thing do, do, do you put in place to almost encourage people to, you know, if it looks like it's at risk, let's shout up and talk about it because we can get something done before it becomes an issue. What sort of things do you do to, to encourage that within your programs? 
one thing that's worked very well in, in the last two years is to use the old-fashioned lessons learned, but more importantly, uh, and more involved, is actually to communicate, once again that word, those transformation um, successful waypoints, as I call them, uh, have the program directors and all the partners, or the team directors, summarize um, the successful implementation, well, sorry, the successful installation, then, a success, then the successful implementation, and then what they have found needs to be done to maintain the momentum. So this has the effect of cascading the transformation successes and what needs to be done to maintain momentum and the things that can be improved from leadership straight down to the project managers and the resources involved in the change activities. But also, when I established what I call at Deloitte, this transformation leadership council, the managing partners amongst themselves mm -hmm. then have opportunity to stand there and say, this is what I've done, this is what I've found. I've uh, made this amazing uh, financial benefits or reduction operational activities. Uh, so I'm on the way to achieving um, the firm's target states. And these are the things that I found having spoken to, to, to all of you in prior meetings. And so encouraging that discussion by way of bravado, but also teaching their peer group what works well, you then get that, dare I say, cross-fertilization of ideas. Because they know that at the Transformation Leadership Council, the chair of that is either going to be the UK managing partner or the European managing partner, or even sometimes um, the global managing partner. So they know they have to step to the step to the plate yeah. and explain the successes they've made. So having that very advanced but summarized but prominent um, uh, lessons learned helps other programs um, understand what are the aspects or the, the conflicts amongst the firm and the politics they have to navigate. Now they all know this. But it's worthwhile getting out, getting out in the open. So once again, it's all about communication. But within that, they also explain the strategy. So if they have found that my, um, as they tease me about it, Deloitte, Teddy's transformation um, universe um, doesn't quite work because of the culture or the politics, and they've made changes to it, they've explained why this approach works, and straight away we adapt and we evolve the transformation strategy. So it's always increasing. So any client concerns, any resource constraints, um, any need to change the uh, objectives because the market is changing, yeah. or they have to slow down because transformation isn't the only business activity. All these things are fed into the successful um, chain activities leading towards a, ideally a successful transformation journey. Yeah. And these are then discussed in the TLC. And so that cross-fertilization, that, cross that communication amongst prominent leaders, knowing that they have to face off to the global European and UK managing partners, that's the best way of helping to make sure that we adapt and we evolve at the strategy, yeah. we put in place uh, the beginnings, I'll add beginnings, of those transformation initiatives, and all those initiatives are clearly mapped on that transformation roadmap. What I call Teddy is a transformation universe. I get that every single day. The number of times you said communication uh, yes. highlights the emphasis that you place. But I think what you're what you're talking about is is communication in its widest 
wide is context really well a lot of people will say you've got to communicate and it's all top down it's briefings and stuff you're talking about communication as a whole two-way dialogue two-way discussion meetings as well as the formal sort of communication channels well it's a bit more than that i wouldn't say that it's a broad concept it's understanding what you need to communicate why you need to communicate it Mm-hmm. and then continue communicating it. And that then gives you the, the scope of your communication. So for me, communicating the um, uh, objectives of the firm, that's paramount. Otherwise, um, uh, as I found at HSBC and Notre Bank many years ago, but now at Deloitte, people are asking, well, why are we doing this? Yeah. It's not going to affect the bottom line. This is my, my main day job. Um, why are we so certain that the, the firm needs to change to... Um, be in a better position, more agile to achieve um, the change in market environment. Communicate that continuously. Then the strategy. In some organizations, there are many people like you and I, um, better, worse, or the same, that have done change and transformation since the year dot. Mm-hmm. And they will have different strategies. But it's got to be one strategy. So everybody must be agreed that whatever they've learned at companies A and B, consultancy X, Y, Z, this is a way that we are going to deliver this transformation strategy. Mm-hmm. Communicated all the time. So no one ever forgets that. Whenever they're in briefings, whenever they're talking to their firm, talking to the clients, talking to um, the, the, the uh, program delivery teams, or talking amongst themselves, the first thing is, we're going to do this because these are the objectives. This is the strategy. Therefore, this is how we can align our forecast benefits to achieving those um, 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 objectives. It's a strategy and it works. If they want to change it, they come back to the drawing board. And then lastly, communicating what has been done. Mm. So we understand the quick wins. Everyone gets confidence that the strategy works. And therefore, what the senior partner or the global CEO uh, wants to do to transform the firm actually makes sense. And then uh, when you're communicating those quick wins, you're also communicating the next steps. So all of this, uh, although it's stress communication, is, as I said, communicating those important aspects of transformation. That's old school project management or program management. Yeah. But it gets confused or diluted because suddenly people get um, lost in the clouds about transformation. And then they get lost in the weeds about change. And I always say, well, whether it's transformation or change, you're doing something to make the company work. You promised these benefits to be delivered at a certain time. Mm-hmm. That's all you've got to remember. And then myself and I brought some board or other people in the company will then put a strategy around that and may will, and will continue communicating so no one forgets what they have to do. And that's the best way I've found so far of either maintaining the, the momentum, which I'm struggling to now because it's such a big firm, or just trying to re-engage, uh, reignite the transformation momentum. And that's important because I said before, transformation and change, there are, many, there are myriad, myriad of things going on and the transformation program isn't the only thing yeah. for a firm. That's not bringing in the revenue. So you've got to try and keep the eye on the ball. And lastly, that's why as a transformation leader, decision maker, or thought leader, you have to be in a position where you're either at the decision maker's table or you're making decisions. 
that's why um, um, an enhanced enterprise portfolio management office or even a, a portfolio management office won't cut it. Mm. The decision maker or decision making body has to be in a transformation office. Otherwise, they're just um, pushing around reports and then you've got, to, you've got to then an additional layer of administration between um, a decentralized or centralized um, portfolio team and a centralized portfolio team, then the European portfolio team and the global portfolio team. But none of those um, PMOs have decision making. The transformation office has to have the person to decide what's, what to do. And that can't be deleted, to be diluted. And once again, that goes with the transformation. You've got to start, you've got to agree from the get-go. Yeah. Although this transformation is new, the program is new, you, Tony, head of the head of um, Europe, have to get agreement from the from the board or the CEO that I need to have my transmission office as a decision-making tool. Yeah. All company decision make all the, all the company decisions about whatever they're doing have to flow through me i won't be a bottleneck but i have to understand what are the so-called bau activities yeah. or the strategic activities of the firm going to have an impact on the transformation you've asked me to, to deliver and vice versa yeah. which once again goes back to communication oh, absolutely we um it's interesting um you take me back to probably my, my, the first program I ever got involved in um, in my first career, which was in banking. And um, we they brought McKinsey's in to help um, work through what the, the future state could look like. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a four or five year program of activity was established. Um, and for the majority of that time, at 10 o'clock on a Thursday morning, you knew where all of the senior managers and the organisation, the directors of the organisation were, because they were in a transformation board meeting. Yes. And, and the, um, the different leaders, the different programme leaders, um, would go and present during 10 between 10 and 12 o'clock on a Thursday morning and you'd get a yes no go away and find this out yes and it gave you that clarity and when it was a yes everybody had signed it off so you could just get on and that program um which was called Pro- program Columbus was written up at the time this was in the 90s written up as the way to transform a bank and it's if you google it it's still out there as the uh, the and a, a, a perfect way to drive transformation. Yes, and in, in that example you, you've just described, that to me is portfolio management. Mm-hmm. We're in a meeting, we have um, so many millions, not giving anything away, to transform our firm. What are the most attractive, achievable, and affordable yeah. initiatives that will realize the transformation? You prioritize them, and every single, um, every period, periodically, week or every two weeks, you're in that meeting going through successes, failures, where are we, how much money do you need, is this still a high priority based upon the criteria which we set to achieve transformation. So portfolio management is key. That's the, that, that, that is the engine room of making sure that any change of transformation program works, but at a, um, a global level, even, Euro- even European level, actually any level really. If you don't understand where you are on those initiatives, and the myriad of programs and their myriad of projects, 
and they aren't prioritized and they aren't reviewed um, periodically, often. So as I said, every week, sometimes, or every two weeks, month, monthly, um, maximum, then that's how you lose track of activities. And then you start um, having transformation fatigue. Uh, you then having um, start seeing that you lose momentum, mainly because the the work to deliver those changes hasn't been properly reviewed. Something has gone in, so program project management, the implementation, so the the installation of the business process or the IT solution was great. IT team just threw it over the fence, or the program delivery team threw it over the fence. And I keep telling my um, um, my, my colleagues and people I report to that change and transformation is end-to-end. So just because your program delivery team have delivered a business process or delivered the IT solution, change doesn't, the change program hasn't stopped there. No. And it may sound obvious, but they say, well, our resources have to go elsewhere. So then I say, okay, fine. As part of the prioritization, if we're losing resources, then ideally we have to put this as a risk or deprioritize the program because we haven't got resources. Oh, Teddy, we can't do that. Exactly. So your resources must stay on board to make sure that the change is adopted, embedded, and realized. So um, it's the obvious things, but uh, because of this um, fear or this idea that transformation is, oh my goodness, uh, we're trying to walk on water. And transformation is something that um, uh, doesn't always succeed. And it's over two, three, or seven years. That is why communication is required to maintain that momentum, maintain the the drive, so momentum, and also make sure that you are maintaining the ability to prioritize those initiatives to make sure that you always are delivering or checking the risk or failure of those key transformation programs that are going to deliver the transformation you want. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, we've all heard the stories and the statistics about programs and transformation programs failing 70% of the time. Yes. I think when you, um, when you sort of unwrap that data and the figures behind that, what you, what you typically find is that is, it's those three things have not been done effectively. The, the actual process stuff, the technology stuff has been delivered may or may not be delivered on time or in budget, but it's got there. But it's the, as you say, it's the adoption, it's the embedding, it's the benefits realisation. Precisely. Resources have been pulled off and and, and, and suddenly when you come and do a, a lessons learned or a, 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 a sort of final programme review, because they haven't gone that extra element or that final element, not an extra element, that final element, you know, the, the benefits are diluted. The, the change, people don't change the ways of working that effectively. And it just either just doesn't land and other stuff comes up and takes it takes over, or you're just battling about it on, on an ongoing basis for months and months and months. Precisely that. And that's why what I always try to do is make sure that the those responsible of those transformed business services are part of the, the transformation initiative, the program initiatives, um, business case, 
they agreed to it from, from the get-go. They're completely involved in that change program from program delivery, so from program implementation to the business um, um, implementation, to the business change, and that they have worked with the program delivery team to make sure that what they're getting, they can assign their enhanced or new capabilities for um, their service or could be new service to KPIs and critical, critical success factors. So when they are then reporting at their, at their various um, business meetings as to um, organizational sustainability, client effectiveness, the increase in, in, in client and client uptake, they can clearly show these success factors for the service or the products we're providing to our clients, these KPIs, are measured all the time. They're clearly linked to the change initiatives we agreed upon, clearly linked to the uh, transformation strategy, and clearly linked to the firm's um, strategic objectives. Mm-hmm. And so you, 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 essentially, there is no stop to change and transformation. Yeah. You're always making sure that the end result um, stays, stays on course and always tweaked. And that tweaking can be subtle or large-scale or change, but it doesn't stop. You must have that governance in place. And funnily enough, this is what um, some consultancies will do on a client's site, but because it isn't their day job, yeah. their job is, is to win revenue, work on client sites, that's when the momentum gets in the way. That, that administration and change fatigue gets in the way, and they say, well, actually, we need to, I've got to um, have um, my monthly uh, partner review and i can't have that i can't have um, a, um my firm's uh transformation program affects what i've been what, what i've been brought on to do which is to make bring in revenue and bring in clients yeah. that's, that's always a challenge it is uh, i was going to ask you a question actually but uh, but it's a really great seg- the segue into the question um, you know, we, we, we all come across different people within change and transformation programs from the business, some of which, some of whom, shall I say, will leap into the change and, 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 and absolutely really sort of en- enjoy the process. Others that will come kicking and screaming and others that, you know, just sit on the fence and don't really, you know, don't don't go with the masses, really. Um, so, you know, for those that are coming kicking and screaming, and those that are sitting on the fence, a little bit like what you just described there. What 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 approach do you take to uh, to get them to uh, to get on the bus and come on the journey with you? The first thing, most importantly, you've got to understand and get their buy-in and get the acceptance that you understand the culture and the politics that is uh, that is in the firm. I was going to say pervasive, but that sounds too negative. That is part of, of, of the organization, either a client or internally. If you don't understand the culture and the politics, you can't convince those people who are on the fence or naysayers as to uh, what they have to do and why they have to do it and what's involved. Once you've got the, um, once they believe that you understand those, those minefields, then you've got to work with them, get their advice as to what's the best way to bring the cultural and political difficulties into transformation strategy. Yeah. And then they, with their impetus and their involvement, they then know that they are part of the finding that strategy, so they're brought into the strategy. If, they come, if they've come later on board, 
then hopefully um, the critical mass of the senior decision makers will make them realize that this isn't just um, a hokum strategy that's um, taken from either one of their client's um, proposals or from some external consultant telling them what's new. So culture and politics understanding and being the, the foundation for for the strategy is vital. You haven't got that. You can't convince anybody that nobody's talking about. You can't convince anybody that they, as you understand, what are their stakeholder difficulties, and you can't convince anybody that you understand they have a day job to do as well as do the transformation um, objectives. And lastly, because of the politics, um, you have to you have to learn and understand from them that well, Teddy um, or consultant, um, <clears throat> this is the business strategy. But you know, it's the manifesto that got that that's uh, brought somebody in, or we voted in the the CEO or the C or the, the person became CEO. Is this manifesto attractive, affordable, and achievable, and is it viable? Yeah. So you, you've got to work with them to understand, understand that. So politics and culture and understanding is vital. And after that, once once you've convinced them that you know what you're doing, and they have been involved in creating the strategy and by definition, the blueprints you've got their buy is in getting the confidence that you are the person that can listen to them and help direct or influence the transformation journey. And that, here it comes again, you can regularly communicate <laughs> what is going on and what could impact their day jobs or their, 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 their um, change initiatives, which are part of the transformation journey, so that they, they, they're always involved and always adapting to whatever's going on. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I, we always finish this um, podcast with a question that says, what's your one takeaway? But I know what yours is. It's the communication. <laughs> so I'm going to well, so, well, actually, I would say my, way, my one takeaway, because communication is the bedrock, is leadership. Right. You've got to have someone in charge, the decision maker, who can lead the transformation. I see the difference between managing transformation and leading transformation. Yeah. Managing transformation, you're just um, amongst your peer group. You've been briefed by Tony, head of the company or CEO, to deliver this transformation. And you're not quite sure how to do it, so you're just managing it. And after a while, people will lose confidence in you because just managing doesn't really get you anywhere. Yeah. If, you can grab, if, you can grab it by the, if you can grab it by the stuff of the neck and lead, and your peer group, whatever they feel about you, have confidence that yes, Teddy, Tony, whoever, is actually leading and directing this rather than just managing a number of activities. That is the main takeaway, leadership of transformation, understanding um, what needs to be done rather than getting involved with getting things done. Brilliant, thank you very much, Teddy. That was, that was great and um... As I, as I alluded to at the start, very clear, very concise. and, and Thank you. Very full. <laughs> so thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Uh, we occasionally get questions. Are you happy to engage with people if, uh, if, they, uh, if they pose questions to you? Yes. Always have to. Always want to learn more because I'm always struggling on something. That's why I reach out to you and, and the colleagues in our group. There's always something that's going to um, bite me uh, the next day. And um, so be prepared for that. Is very important. Yeah, I think we're all in that position, aren't we? That we can always learn new things. So always. 
And, and, and when you get to the point where you're not learning, then you're probably in a box underground. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even then, you can, you can always haunt somebody. <laughs> <laughs> On that positive note, <laughs> thanks a lot, Teddy. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing you soon. Super. Take care, Tony. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Teddy. A very thoughtful episode. Thanks for agreeing to share your experience with our listeners. Teddy is a member of the Transformation Leaders Hub, a community exclusively for those working in project program change and transformation. If you haven't done so already, go and check it out. We have both free and paid for membership options. If you're like me and have the desire to build and scale a consulting business, check out the Creating Wealth from Consulting Assessment and receive an individual report highlighting those areas where you'll need to focus to achieve your ambitions. See the link in the notes below. We are always on the lookout for future guests, so if you'd like to share your experience with our listeners, please do get in touch and we can grab a call to discuss this further. With that, thanks for joining us today, and I look forward to welcoming you back onto a pod in the very near future. Bye for now.